I shouldn't have biked over here on the day <laughs> after doing my best workout at the gym I've done in a long time because nice. I'm dead inside. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that is not a ripoff of Legends of the Hidden Temple. I swear it's not. I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, talk to me. I am starting to think I need to watch Legends of the Hidden Temple again with the number of times that you've referenced it. Watched uh, it as a kid, but haven't watched it since. Hey, it's on Paramount+. Plus. Of course it is. Yeah. It's- Will they also spoil things for me? In the episode descriptions. I don't know what an episode description of Legend of the Hidden Temple would be. On this one, they run away from a rock. They do a thing. I don't know. We traumatize young children with temple guards that pop out of nowhere. Oh no. Yeah. You reminded me. Yeah. I think that was my first jump scare. It's terrifying. Especially, I, I don't know. I watched that when I was quite young. And it's it's not a subtle jump out it's no. ha, and then like grab them and pull them away <laughs> horrifying have you watched nathan for you no do you like cringe humor no i know <laughs> so you would not like nathan for you but i'm still gonna try to get you to watch it okay basically it's a guy that commits to the bit too hard <laughs> that's the entire premise of the show so it was on comedy central in like the early 2010s i want to say like 2000 10 through 2014 and it's run by the host nathan fielder and his whole thing is he's a he graduated from a from canada's top business school with kind of good grades <laughs> and he's gonna turn your small business around we're gonna fix you yep and he has one where they have a haunted house and he's like well you know what makes it really scary like we gotta get it in the news for some like controversy so we need to get sued so <laughs> and the owner's like no i don't want to do that and he does it anyway so he <laughs> basically convinces them like they have have them go through the guy's haunted house the failing haunted house and one of the actors like touches them and then at the end they're like hey just need to check something like did you did you like touch this person and then convince them they have a very communicable disease and like take them commit so hard takes them to the hospital in an ambulance oh my god they're in like a quarantine tent what? with like people and he's acting his face off being like wait no no if you're in those suits that means we have it too and freaking out and then like takes them outside the tent and it says uh haunted house exit and they have a lawyer there <laughs> who's like hi I'm, I'm here in case you want to sue them for what they just did to you <laughs> that's Okay, that's pretty good. I, I'll i take that. I, for some reason... Oh, grabbing people. That's what made me think yeah, of it. Yeah. That made, that, we brought it back around. It's yep. fine. Oh. If you want to bring it back around, you can email us. <laughs> Segways are hard. Segways are hard. Email us. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. Message us on Twitter. At SurvivorTBT. Reddit. U slash SurvivorTBT. Getting better at it. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't stare me dead in the eyes this time. I did that on purpose. Anyway, our emails. So we have a couple emails today. We have Carl. Carl email from our episode five. Starting from Carl. Everything you describe is why I get sick of Cards Against Humanity. Yep. Ex- yep. Same. It's always sexual cards or bees. 
that with <laughs> the bees card is pretty funny. I, I do like the bees card. <laughs> and the actual question card seems to not matter for most people. Apples to apples is the superior game. That that's a hot take. It is a hot take. I don't know. I again, I feel like it's the, you set these ground rules. Play with people who are going to play this game well. Oh, and we got the. Uh, Good God, you guys do that too? I knew someone who was on a seven-person volunteer team, and for their four-hour drive, he played All-Star by Smash Mouth 19 times in a row. I know what we're doing on our next road trip. No. What is wrong with you people? That's a good question. We've asked this before. Do you want that list alphabetical, chronological, in order of trauma? I mean, I can, we can do a whole podcast if you yes. want. Yes, is the answer. <laughs> and now the Survivor Talk. With the animals here and the fact that season four was supposed to be in the Jordanian desert before 9-11 happened and they had to change it. Whoa. It's almost like they wanted someone to die on the show. Jordanian desert would have been fucking awful. That would have been terrible. I don't know why they would have done that. So, diverting from the email real quick. I feel like this season has not been as physically grueling as Australia. Surviving has been, like, dicier. Like, the, the... The risk that you will get unalived (laughs) by a wild animal, much higher. Yes. But they're not just like... By this point in season two, Mitchell was a husk. Yeah. These people seem relatively healthy and, like, active, even if they're not... Even if they're afraid to leave the barrier of their camp, (laughs) and I cannot stress this enough, have to keep watch. (laughs) So, here's my take on it. The the food situation is better, not by much, but is better than Australia. The water situation is far worse. Not for Baran. Not for Baran. And it seems we haven't heard them talk about it in Samburu since they did the tribe swap. Now I don't sure. know if that's just because the tribe swap gave us more to talk about, so we don't need to focus on the human suffering. Uh-huh. But it hasn't been a focal point of this season as much as it was in Australia, at the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. jump cut to six episodes from now when lex has evaporated into a thanos dust person <laughs> or something ridiculous most of the rest of this email is piling on silas so i'm gonna real quick read these silas is horrible at strategizing why do you tell ethan to vote for frank yeah it doesn't um, yeah he's telling you kim is never gonna vote for him so they, they wouldn't have the numbers even if ethan wanted to his only play was to try to get out clarence it's a good point Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Whatever. Scrambling, panicking. That's absolutely. All it was. And the absolutely funny and obvious tone of, "Hey, Ethan, let's go get firewood." Oh my god! Surprised he didn't we, use finger quotes to get firewood. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> and Ethan's kind of laughing in Silas's face as he's trying to strategize. Yeah, and the. They have to voice over the inner monologue because it's very clear and obvious to everyone. Uh Uh-huh. And want to give Clarence props, but not sure he was playing Silas intentionally, at least not at first. Kim calls him foolish when talking to Teresa, saying he genuinely believes Silas and thinks the two strong boys can take it all the way. He may have been playing him the whole time, but I don't know. It doesn't really give us the correct answer. Yeah, I think... Kim's, like, the show's an unreliable narrator, but so is Kim in in what is going on with Clarence. And mm-hmm. I think the, I don't know, something in Clarence's, like, 
vote when he likes i don't know what he says to the camera but just his demeanor when he's like talking about voting out silas to the camera made it seem like he was playing him the whole time to me uh okay and then finally in our reveal the sex crimes prior or when they get voted off votes for the silas reveal better than the scoop and reveal interesting i think it's better to not have that cloud hanging over a character for the whole season but that way you can watch it for the first time or less the way everyone else did when it first came out Minus the whole Paramount Plus incompetence. Well, yeah. <laughs> I am a little nervous that we get someone that I really like. Uh-huh. Or that you really like and you didn't know that they had committed horrible, horrible sex crimes. But we'll... we'll yeah. Okay. I'm glad to have that feedback. Yeah. Keep... Anyone out there, feel free to keep telling us these things. We... And, like, why does this have to be a thing? Yeah. And then I have another email. Another email from Josh... And I'm going to save this one for after our vote because it has good post-show information. Great. Because it's funny. Cool. Anything else? You rock, Steven. I rock? You rock. Thanks. Bumper. All right, so this episode came out on November 15th of 2001. Another very active week in the history of the world. Kind of a powder keg was started by the events in September. Who would have thought? Yeah, I don't know why. One thing that happened, but probably didn't get a lot of news, an agreement is reached at talks in Marrakech, nailed it, Morocco, on rules for implementation of the Kyoto Climate Change Treaty. And we solved climate change. <laughs> and we never had to worry about it ever again. Never again. Al Gore is smiling at us. From like, above. He, he's not dead. No, but he's above us. Oh, that's Like, fair. morally. <laughs> and then, I don't know if this made the news at the time, but it, it could have, so I'm going to put it in here. Journalist Pierre Bigod, Johanna Sutton, and Volker Handloik Love nailed it. it are killed in Afghanistan during an attack on the convoy they were traveling on top of. Oh, shit. It could have been in the news. Shakira released her first English album. Was her fifth Spanish album. Okay. And then uh, in the war, war on Terror, in the first such act since World War II, President George W. Bush signs an executive order allowing military tribunals against foreigners suspected of connections to terrorist acts or planned acts in the United States. Oh, shit. And nothing bad happened from that decision at all and then we live in a police state for a few years i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) oh and then one more thing like i said very active weeks microsoft releases the first xbox game console in the u.s whoa Mm -hmm. that's right i do remember it being very close to 9-11 where those two things are next to each other yeah coincidence (laughs) yeah coincidence i think not what is that from oh it's from the incredibles it's two incredibles references back to back we hit our quota yeah give incredible sponsor us um (laughs) disney sponsor this non-disney show please it's on a competing or competing uh streaming platform yeah uh the number one movie was still monsters inc so i looked at what the number two movie was go on it's called Shallow Hal. I know Shallow Hal. Okay, I did not. Oh, you didn't? Okay. So this is a Jack Black movie. Correct. An early Jack Black movie. Mm-hmm. It is a 6 out of 10 on IMDb and a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's higher than I expected. Here's the quick rundown. The story revolves around Hal, Jack Black, who, taking his dying father's advice, dates only the embodiments of female physical perfection. 
But that all changes after Hal has an unexpected run-in with self-help guru Tony Robbins. Intrigued by Hal's shallowness, Robbins hypnotizes him into seeing the beauty that exists even in the least physically appealing women. Yeah, so like, we kind of see it through his eyes. It's been years since I've seen this movie and I don't want to go back and watch it again. No, it sounds horrible. This like really kind person who is larger in real life is like, gorgeous skinny beautiful and like this is concerning i don't like this and like also a double standard like i love jack black yeah but jack black is not the most attractive man on the face of the planet oh 2001 misogyny yeah for the record how much you weigh is not a testament to how beautiful you are of course not just want to point that out there movies Badly rated movies from the year 2001. Uh, yikes. Big yikes. <laughs> it, it's weird that the concept of let me hypnotize you into doing a thing, it permeates through movies quite a bit. That's a very convenient plot device. It really is. I'm thinking of Yes Man. Oh yeah, I forgot about that movie. I That's a good movie. I remember it fondly, but I wonder if I would still like it if I went back and watched it. If you ignore the fact that Jim Carrey is like 20 to 30 years older than Zoe Deschanel at the time. And Zoe Deschanel is doing the classic Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing that she does, I'm assuming. Yeah, but it's like early. That's one of the first appearances of Zoe Deschanel. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Because it's, it's watch it. long before... New Girl? New Girl. This is a Survivor podcast. Yeah. How did we get here? I don't know. Let's let's move on. <laughs> Episode 6, I'd Never Do It To You. Did they say this in the episode? No, I think this is referencing Brandon and Lindsay. Because sure. Kim says something kind of similar, which is, he'd never do it to us. Okay. She says, like, I won't vote for Brandon. In a confessional, she's like, I won't vote for Brandon because he'd never do it to us. Is okay. the closest I could get. I see what we're kind of getting there. Yeah. Just, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. We open the episode. We are talking merge. We are in Boran. Everyone's concerned about the merge. Or is there a merge coming soon? We don't know. Which at the end of last episode, I didn't understand why that was a big deal. Uh-huh. I was like... You guys have a pretty consolidated tribe. Like, mm-hmm. if something happens, you guys lose immunity. You could just... I mean, you could. You don't want to get rid of anyone there, but you have options, and sure. you guys will still stay strong. But they budgeted their food <laughs> to make the merge. Whoops. Yeah. I don't understand why Survivor would not tell them... Like, f- food-wise, they need to have a plan for rationing. I, what I hope happens uh-huh. is that next episode is the merge mm-hmm. and we get to see, is they still do the merge on schedule, but this sets the precedent for future seasons that they don't know when the merge is going to be. So it sounds like they didn't tell them that that's when the merge was and they're just assuming. Sure. In the past, it seems like they might've told them. They said it with a lot of certainty in season one. They were like, we know we have three challenges till the merge. And same with season two. They said it with such like certainty that like, yep, this is the day. That's fair. That I, I think this might be the first time they didn't tell them for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, they just want to pull a fast one. And we've seen, especially in season two, but they're not 
they're all hungry. You know, they're not getting large quantities of food. So clearly they're not supposed to preserve these food rations through the end of the game. These are only supposed to make them to the merge. So what, to what you're saying, yeah, they can't be like, oh, we're changing the date. Hope you're rationed appropriately <laughs> to this changed, presumed date. Hope you read my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it, most of this episode is Baran scrambling and talking about food and how they will go on with their food and their options for food. But we'll get to that in a second. We zoom in on Samburu. I almost said Sambuku because of Tom. <laughs> I cannot believe you, Tom. We zoom in on Samburu and our first narrative of the episode for them is that the watches, the night watches are clearly uneven. Yeah. That Lex and Tom got tagged in for a shift, but ended up having to stay up for five hours. Absurd. These poor Baron members on Samburu. Yeah. Which is which sucks. I actually like the three Samburu young people that are like, I like them from a game perspective. Sure. They're, this feels like the first season of Survivor. This feels like what the, I thought the first season was going to be. Okay. The gameplay is messy, yep. but there's gameplay. Sure. And those three are the closest we've gotten so far to a modern Survivor player. <laughs> Minus the being so incredibly lazy that their tribe is falling apart. Yeah. And a lot of it is that conversation of, oh my god, they're so lazy. Just like... We can't continue to pull their weight. We're going to fall apart. But then everyone wakes up and we're talking about, hey, I wonder what happened at Tribal. Who went home? We won't find out until the challenge. I love their guesses. Yeah, remind me of their guesses. Lex and Tom and Kelly were worried that it was Kim. Mm -hmm. And I think they were, th I think they were thinking it was Frank. Yeah, I think they thought it was Frank. Because they figured that Silas flipped and that the other three Baran members voted for Frank mm -hmm. because the other Samburu members were talking about how much Frank is a problem starter and how shitty Frank is, and they took them at their word. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, they talk about that for a little while, and then it bleeds into, okay, well, but here it's three to three, and it's a very clear split. So we have to hide our votes. They're still talking about, okay, maybe... Brandon can can take the heat and hide the fact that Lindsay has votes on her. Yeah. And then we go over to Baran. <laughs> and again, it's food. It's all food. We're talking about chickens. We're talking about chickens, baby. We really haven't addressed the chickens. I mean, it's been a couple days since they got the chickens. Yeah. Side note, Clarence, I get it. You're <laughs> a big guy. You need more calories than everyone else. And yeah. you're probably feeling it harder than everyone yeah. else. Yeah, those muscles, man. Mm-hmm. That being said, do you remember why you were in hot water with your tribe? <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't threaten to kill the chickens when they're not looking. Yeah. It's all in good fun. Nobody seems to be bitter about it. But, hey, maybe don't put that in the front of their minds. Got a good point. <laughs> Clarence needs food. Clarence needs food bad. He has a whole aside talking about how he just constantly thinks about food. It's in his dreams. It's in his thoughts. He just is waiting for that next time he has food. And again, I get it. But we we have these chickens. They're in a coop. They're supposed to be laying eggs. But they're not laying eggs. Stressed chickens don't lay eggs. Yeah. Like, maybe I only know that 
or believe that. I could be wrong. I've never looked it up. But from my friend who lived on a farm. But I'm pretty sure that stressed chickens don't lay eggs. And we see Frank does a really good job later in the episode of giving them more space. Mm -hmm. And they lay an egg. Yeah. Well, eventually. Eventually, it's, yes. Currently, there are no eggs to be had. No. Uh, and then they take out the manual. They had the manual? They had the manual the whole time. So, Carl wasn't studying the manual? Nah. Or he was just bad at studying the manual. <laughs> but I think he just was has such an ego, he's like, I know it. But the reason the manual comes out is because the reward challenge shows up, and it's pretty clear that it's going to be trivia. Mm-hmm. So, this is where my, my cold open, not cold open, this is where my intro? my intro bit comes into play. This is full-on Legends of the Hidden Temple. Do you remember anything about Legends of the Hidden Temple? I, I remember the crazy obstacle course, but that's sure. pretty much it. So, it's broken down into three sections. There's a, like, there's always a cross-a-moat game. Once you beat that, you go to the second section, which is trivia always trivia always the same and they do it on stairs so they stand on the stairs and they have to like buzz in by stomping on the stairs it's pretty funny because it never works the way they want it to <laughs> but then to progress you just go down the stairs and when you make it to the bottom you win that's what this challenge is wow that is really what this challenge is yeah side note the challenges this season suck yeah. These are the worst challenges of any of the three seasons. This is a bad challenge. Well, most like, of them have been. And not even from a, oh, it's just a trivia game. There are good trivia games out there. Th one, it's super basic. You just answer four questions and you've won. Yep. Two, the trivia wasn't that difficult. Nope. None of it was. Which is why Samburu got every single question correct. Baran only missed one, and because Kim, like, deflected off of it, saying, no, 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 I guarantee it's this one. Yeah. The only interesting challenge that we've had, from a, like, game-building perspective, in my opinion, mm -hmm. is the Transport the Village challenge. Which wasn't even that good. It just stands above the rest because it's the only one that was kind of new. I guess herding goats is technically new. <laughs> yes, but it is. All of the challenges this season have been very simple. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that is some mix of logistics. I don't know where you know they'd be sourcing the materials from, but Kenya is probably harder to source them to than Australia or Borneo. That makes sense. If it has something to do with, like, the environment. They also said they're on a wildlife reserve, so mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of limitations the Kenyan government put on them, if any. But regardless, it feels like something is holding back from the challenges being bigger this season. You know what I think is holding them back? Is they're trying to theme them around where they are. That's fair. They're Well, that and they're repeating challenges and not the good ones. Yeah. Like, the rock-rolling one was okay because of the distance they had to go and the yeah. obstacles. And the cow's blood one was an interesting food challenge, but you could you should have added a bunch of more different foods. I, they all just feel so scaled back. They are. They absolutely are. Compare this challenge to the other two trivia challenges that we've seen in mm -hmm. Seasons 1 and 2. Season 1 was an individual one. You had, you know, a, a, it was the same kind of, like, take a step forward every time. Yeah. But the questions were harder. Yep. 
and you had many more of them that you had to get, gave a better like visual of the horse race. Yeah. And then the team one in Australia is, you know, everyone has, to, every single person has to get one right. Mm -hmm. I don't like this. I don't like trivia as a team challenge anyway, if you're going to have the whole team decide on one answer. And it, yeah, it's, it's four questions. It's very, I'm rant over, but it's very, <sighs> it's kind of dumb. Here's how I fix this. You do it the same way, but each person has to answer individually, mm. and you only win when every single person from your tribe has crossed the finish line. Yeah, that would have been fine. It, it puts more pressure on everyone to answer. It, it gives some, oh, this one person's doing great, but this other person's not doing great. So I guess if I just get four questions right, it's not the end of it. This challenge means so little that I legitimately don't remember who you just said won. Cool. Or, from when I watched it, I think it was Baran. No. Damn. Because this is the one where they're building up to Baran needs food, and it's a food reward. Oh, yeah, that's right. And <laughs> they win Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, featuring Mountain Dew yeah. again. There's our sponsor, Mountain Dew. A sandwich buffet, pasta buffet, and cookies. Sambura wins, and you get to watch as they immediately go over and start eating while Clarence <laughs> is staring at them. He's just like, how dare you do this to me? I do remember that now. How dare you do this to me? This challenge was the least interesting part of the episode. I agree. Yeah. So I'm going to speed run these questions because they're, I don't know, there's nothing a whole lot. They, Tom sits this one out, which is the correct one to sit. They did make a point of showing who sits out both of these challenges. Yes. Almost formatting it like a modern survivor, which yes. is, thank you. Beautiful. Especially because they didn't actually have to have anyone sit out on these challenges. Uh-huh. It, it really wasn't necessary, but thank you for doing it, even though it wasn't necessary. Consistency in our early survivor? I think not! Uh, they had a question about the Indian Ocean. They had a question about uh, the government killing poachers. Or the yes. police killing poachers. The big five animals, which is the one that Kim got wrong. Leopard was the mm. fifth one. I would have gotten that one wrong, too. I also would have gotten it wrong. I would have said giraffe, though. I am hung up on how deadly hippos are. That's fair. Was it... I don't know. They just said big five, so is it? was it about no the idea. killing? Hippos seem bigger than leopards, in my mind, but they might not be. Sure. Diurnal, which I kept hearing him say diurnal. And it's not that. The two urinals. You got, uh, we got one urinal here. We got another urinal here. <laughs> it's bi-urinal. What is die? The the prefix. It's twice or double. It's twice? Okay. Yeah. I was, I was deciding between dihydrogen and oxide because I was like, is that two? And I was like, dice. But, yeah. What, what is bi then? Either or, I think. It's just twice. Okay. So it's the same thing. <clears throat> it's weird. <laughs> And then finally, a question about Lake Victoria being a large saltwater That one lake. was so dumb because I... <laughs> it got me for a moment, but like not like no, of not knowing the answer. But he was like, it's the largest saltwater lake. And I went, wait, it's saltwater? And he goes, nope, it's not saltwater. I was like, that... Well, there you go. That's a dumb way to phrase that question. <laughs> yes, it is. Which is why no one was fooled. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Except me, kind of, for a moment, because I was like, surely they wouldn't make, surely they wouldn't be this stupid. You were fooled by the, 
the way the question was worded, not by the content of the question. Correct. And yeah, my final note for this challenge, Clarence could die. <laughs> but the funny reaction to this is that they don't really show Simburu eating. They, they show little clips of it. They dwell on the walk back. Yeah. <laughs> because young Kim is gonna hurl. Young Kim looks like a pregnant woman. Yeah. Trying to walk. It's just struggle. Every step is like, I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna throw up. I can't keep this down. Which I will say, one more piece of evidence that the food situation is so much better than Australia. Because this was everyone uh-huh. when we got a food challenge in Australia. That's true. <laughs> and then when they finally do get back to camp, <laughs> we, ha- we have a reflection moment. Lindsay reflects on her poor sportsmanship on because they they realized that ah it was silas there there was a moment right before the challenge where Lindsay walks in and like it's silas silas is gone they kept a good game face yeah the young people pretended like it didn't shock them because jeff asked him he's like are you guys shocked by that and they're all like no <laughs> no not at all Lindsay talks here about maybe i think i screwed this up i think i am the reason that silas is gone yeah you kind of you're part of it yeah. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have gloated so hard. I wonder if this is, maybe not the moment, but at least one of the moments that starts to pull back people from being the leaders, from trying to be such vocal, domineering leaders. This is really the first time we see somebody out in front get punished for it. Mm. Rich did it, he won. Uh-huh. Colby did it, and he got second by one vote. Yeah. So Silas did it, and they did a tribe swap, and he went home. I, I'm not going to say that because I know it's not true. Well, there will be a, so many domineering people. Yes, that, but I, I'm hoping this is, or maybe not even hoping, I don't, I don't really care. Either way, it's good television. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if this is one of the things that starts that snowball. Where, you know, maybe there's people that don't go, there's always be people with egos, but people that don't go as hard as they would. I mean, that's unknowable, but sure, interesting. You're going to have to wait a while because I have, I have specific... <laughs> seasons and episodes and people who will just absolutely dominate the game okay so you get ready for that good and actually more that now that i think about that it just continues there are it doesn't always work but every once in a while it works and i don't know how yeah i guess Okay, yeah, we'll talk about those people when we get when we get to them cool because there's domination can mean a lot of different things mm-hmm. And Silas was a tyrant. Silas and Lindsay were tyrants. Yes. Did, I don't know that that works very often anywhere. Yeah. Rich was a little bit of a tyrant. A little bit. Not not this bad. No. God, no. <laughs> we have a quick pit stop at Baran where we get the, the ultimatum. One egg or the chicken dies. I love these types of scenes in Survivor. <laughs> Why? It's just, it's so fun to not see them always talking about the game. Because then when they are talking about the game, eventually, unless Clarence wins, when he goes home, he's been humanized. Yeah. I've enjoyed watching him. And I've enjoyed watching him and the rest of the tribe. And I know that when they have, when they eventually pull the trigger on him or he wins, then, like, that was hard for them to do. <laughs> I like it better when they are, when they have these fun moments basically yeah you gotta mix it in there and when we get to clarence's where are they now 
regardless whether he, you know, whether he gets voted off or wins. I hope we learned that he did become a food critic. <laughs> talk about that, because it happened very soon. Oh, yeah. I was like, talk about his where are they now? No, he's still on the show. Talk he, about his food critic. Yeah, so he's just craving so much food, and he just walks around the camp saying, like, I get out of here, I'm going to redevote my life, I'm going to be a food critic, and not, like, not those fancy, crappy restaurants. No, no, I'm going to be, like, a meat and potatoes food critic. Like, your pancakes better be fluffy, your fries better be greasy. Like, I'm coming for him. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He's He he sets the groundwork for Guy Fieri, really. He's the first Guy Fieri. The first Guy Fieri. He doesn't have the the charisma or the the frosted tips. Yeah. But who does, really? Just one man. Just one man. One man who makes so much money. I know celebrities do come on Survivor. Uh-huh. I hope Guy Fieri comes on Survivor. He will not come on Survivor. Dang it. At least, not yet. Uh-huh. I don't know why he would. I don't know why he would. I don't know. He give food reviews of the bugs and the coconuts. <laughs> I worked on I worked on a cruise ship. I'm, t- I'm telling the audience, not you. You know this. Yeah. And he has a deal with this particular line where... He all of the burger restaurants on these ships are called Guy Fieri's Burger Bar. Oh my god, Guy's Burgers. Yeah, yeah. It's, are mm. they good? I don't know how to answer that because I've had so many of these burgers. Oh yeah, so many of these burgers, Jared. I can't over three separate seven month contracts. Yeah, that's a lot of burgers. That's a lot of burgers. One of my few options. Oh, I shouldn't be healthy. I'm a, I, my arteries are clogged just thinking about it. Anyway. Oh, and I also want to comment that I've pulled a full 180 on Frank. Ooh. Just like there was a, a very under, like, kind of like soft-spoken and understated moment in confessional where he's talking about, like, the game. Yeah. And how to, how to play the game and how to not play the game. And I was like, okay, Frank. All right, Frank. I, like, I don't think that he was perfect in the beginning of the game, but I also... I did not peg Frank for somebody that was socially capable of learning. Mm. And I wonder how much of this Frank we would have seen if he had been on Baran the entire time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. We get a weird Lindsay Kelly bonding moment here. Yeah, and I didn't believe it for even half a second. (laughs) I was like, Lindsay, you think that they like you? Like... You're so lazy that everyone is talking shit about the three of you constantly. They like me. They really like me. They don't. I don't know. I think that there's a little bit of bonding and like, hey, we're in this situation with these people. Might as well get to know them. Oh, yes. I bo- Sorry. Okay. On a personal basis, uh-huh. 100%, on a game level slash I have to work with you to survive level, they fucking hate you. Yeah. And again, we see a little bit more of Brandon kind of strategizing, trying to get them to vote for him. It's pretty heavy handed. Yeah. A- anytime he's trying to talk people, he's trying to be like, oh, I don't know. I understand if you have to vote for me. Like, it's really okay. Yeah. Yeah, he should have been trying to get reverse psychology. He should have been acting like really like kiss assy and really... Almost like the lady... He's, he, right now, the lady doth protest too much. Yeah, exactly. But I think if he had been, you know, 
trying to butter them up a little bit, they might have been like, why is he buttering us up? Yeah. And I think it is a little twist on reverse psychology because he's he's trying to be like, yeah, whatever. I'm accepting my defeat. But like, I don't know. It's it's all wrong. It's And they clearly see right through it. It might have been more convincing if Lindsay wasn't like a pin drop from breaking down <laughs> in a panic attack at any given moment. Yeah. And then finally, we wake up. We we have a beautiful morning. There's an egg. We got an egg. We have one egg. We have a singular egg. And we watch the parade of people. Kim goes and finds the egg. Doesn't see it at first. Goes in. Says, "Oh, there's an egg." Puts it on a pedestal for everyone to see. Everyone wakes up one by one. They're like, oh, "It's an egg." And they're like, "Shh, don't tell Clarence. It's gonna be funny." Maybe my favorite moment since season one because we had a lot of humanizing moments in season one yeah is clarence walking out and going oh you gotta be fucking kidding me (laughs) no i gave them the ultimatum and they came through and then walking over the chickens and being like fucking hate you i hate you i hate you i hate you (laughs) ah it was beautiful it was great i hate those chickens i hate those chickens (laughs) so much but hey, we, uh, they're a man of their word. They say no chickens will die until like 30 seconds later when they decide, okay, yeah, we're going to kill a chicken anyway. Well, Clarence says, okay, I'm a man of my word. And they're like, yeah, one egg ain't going to do it. So we're going to go ahead and, yeah, that's going to be We're going to kill dinner. a chicken. Mm-hmm. And they have more chickens. So whatever. It also is interesting that so, so little happens in the course, at least in the brand camp. Mm-hmm. I guess it'd also be in the San Bruno camp because they show us something over the course of that day that we jump right from them in the morning talking about like we need the chickens to lay eggs to it's nighttime when Clarence is like, all right, that's the ultimatum. And then the morning again. Yeah. Like we pass a full 24 hours in the span of like maybe a minute and a half. I mean, this is about as it's showing who's going to tribal. Because one side is talking strategy, yeah. and the other side is like, I don't know, we got food. We're all hanging out. Life yeah. is good. I knew exactly who was going to tribal this episode. Yeah. And it also just shows that there's not really a lot for them to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't... They don't go exploring very far. There's no benefit to exploring very far. They all, shouldn't. They, and they shouldn't. As we've seen, <laughs> there are muskoxes waiting to murder you. Yeah, Australia, they they it would they would like take the boat out and they'd go on little side person adventures, but there's nowhere for them to go to get any privacy or to like explore and be on their own or to provide for the camp. Like they even all have to go get water in groups or die. It kind of puts a handicap on the game. Yeah, for the record, that it's a Cape Buffalo. Hmm. A la Carl email. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl, for always correcting us. (laughs) And then, finally, we have our last little bit in Simburu before the immunity challenge. They're talking about secret messages from the challenge. I saw them kind of, like, signing things, says Lindsay. Hey, why didn't we see that? Yeah, why didn't we see that, Survivor? That'd be a good (laughs) thing for us to see. They're talking about 
Yeah, I think I saw them like trying to say Lindsay, just give an L. L yeah. With their hand for Lindsay. And maybe a sign language B. I don't know sign language, says Lindsay. They were holding up four votes. That's exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lindsay, four. four. Yep. Which it sounds easier once you know the information, but we've played code names. We, we know this. <laughs> we know how this goes. <laughs> But again, we should be seeing this survivor. That's if you're telling them they can't talk about this in the challenges, which they shouldn't be able to. Yeah. But if there's no rule about signing, moves to say. Also, like how how do you punish them? Yeah, I don't know. Like even if they did just shout it, like how do you punish them? Take away their chickens. Yeah, that's fair. The the Jeff giveth the Jeff taketh away. Oh no, the bait that will attract lions to our camp. <laughs> Shit. Our immunity challenge. The archery challenge. I actually... This challenge was alright. So, they structured it better. It's better than... It's better than the other archery challenge we've uh-huh. had. It's better than the spear challenge we've had. Uh-huh. I like it better than the boomerang challenge. Yeah. It's structured better. I don't know why we needed to light the arrows on fire. <laughs> that seemed like a bad call. <laughs> I disagree. Brandon almost lit himself on fire like four times. <laughs> that is correct. And I, I continue. I digress. I think this was fun. We have a whole montage of Frank teaching the Baran tribe how to shoot arrows. Yes. And showing how good of a teacher and how patient Frank is. And how bad they are at shooting the bows. Oh, so bad. Now, these bows did look harder than like normal bows. These seemed like you didn't pull the string back very far or it seemed very taut. It's, yeah, it, it's taut because it's not like a compound bow. Sure. Where it, it can't, it doesn't have that moment where it flexes over mm-hmm. into a stable position. It just has to bend as far back as it can or it's going to snap. Yeah, but I've, I've fired like, you know, just regular nylon non-compound bows mm-hmm. and you still pull it back like three feet or so. Yeah. These are being pulled back like a foot and then those things just fly. Yeah. <laughs> so this thing was tight as hell. Mm. And hard... God damn it. Said, says Tom. <laughs> Said yes. <laughs> and looked incredibly hard to aim. Yes, absolutely. Which, I, I'm glad they got time to practice this. Because yes. it does. It looks very hard to aim. And we got a good Frank quote. Frank quote of the episode. Ooh, what is, say it. I think it was old Kim that is trying to fire the bow. It's the first one that Frank is teaching. And she pulls it back like an inch. And then it just like falls to the ground. (laughs) And Frank just stares blankly and goes, okay, that's a start. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. His reaction was perfect. Yeah. So the challenge, they have to hit five targets. Each one is a little bit further back. And they have flaming arrows, because sure, why not? Why not? I will say, though, the the effect when they hit the target and the whole thing immediately lights up with, like, fireworks, essentially. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Better than I should give them credit for. I mean, it was definitely rigged to do that. Yes. That fire, this is why I said they didn't need the fire arrows. That fire from the arrows is not what was catching that on fire. There was definitely somebody, like, hitting a switch. <laughs> So just fire a regular arrow. <laughs> don't burn Bra- Don't scoop in Brandon. No. We have to let the effect happen, Jared. 
<laughs> they just have a days since the last horrific burn sign hanging at camp. <laughs> it has been zero days since the last <laughs> horrific burn. So in this challenge, Samburu jumps out to an early lead. And it kind of keeps going Samburu, ketchup. Samburu, Boran. I, I know I said ketchup here, <laughs> but whatever. I I stand by my point. Switching them was the was the thing that threw me for a loop. Yes, I wanna I wanna read to you who hit these targets just to really drive it home. Okay, I just without looking at your list. Yep. Because I did not keep tally. Sure. It feels like the top three. No, no, the top two who got most all of them would have been Lex and Ethan. Yes. Yeah. Lex was, was really good at this. Lex was very good at this. Lex hit two of them. Ethan hit three of them. Lindsay hit the first one, the close one. Yep. Clarence hit the first one, which was the close one. The one that kind of shocked me, Old Kim hit the fourth one. Yeah. Frank didn't hit any of them, for the record. Those who cannot do, teach. Yes. I. But again, Baran fell behind... In the moment of most pressure, they came through. So I thought that was kind of cool. Also, Lex was firing it for a kill shot. <laughs> Lex's form was really... That's why I want to bring it up again. It was really cool. He would hold it sideways and at his hip. And like oh, lean yeah. back and use his body weight. He was firing it like a... Tre- not a trebuchet. A ballista. Okay. You could have gone like crossbow. Well, yeah. But I was thinking like, you know... Like you, or like, almost like a slingshot. Like pulling it all the way back. But he's... Oh, holding, yeah. 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 Can we talk about how bad Brandon was at firing this arrow? I mean, I've mentioned several times how he tried to catch himself on fire. He, he would put it in, he would let it go, and I want to say three of the four times it showed him firing this thing, it just fell to his feet. That's pathetic. It's really bad. It was a bad, bad showing. I, firing arrows are hard. Like, they are... It's not a traditional bow. You're going to be struggling sometimes. You're going to have mistake fires. To do it almost every single time. You're going to have mistake fires, but he almost set a mistake fire. (laughs) He could have been the mistake fire. (laughs) Maybe the real mistake fires were the friends we made along the way. Aww, there you go. I I wrote down the moment this challenge was done. Well, that means Lindsay's gone. (laughs) Which... I actually, for a moment, was was wondering if she wouldn't be, but we'll get, we'll get there. Yeah, well, I mean, really, there's not. We go back and we redo what we've been doing this entire episode. Of okay, now we need to really sell it that Brandon needs to be the one who had the votes. Mm-hmm. Brandon's the one who's in danger. And then they have this moment where mm-hmm. the three young people. The, the Young Alliance is, like, talking about this and trying to protect Lindsay's ass. But Brandon talks at full volume about how they need to protect Lindsay. And the other team hears it. So this is 90% on them. But I think this is half because they're lazy and didn't want to leave the camp. And half because you don't ever leave the camp unless you need, like, you know. We joke about Silas being like... Hey, Ethan, want to get some firewood? Because <laughs> it's so obvious. You're yeah. trapped inside this barrier to keep the wildlife out. The only reason you leave it is to go do a thing that the entire group can do or talk. 
Yeah. I don't know why they know where the battle lines are drawn. Lex straight up approaches them and goes, Hey, like I hope, or Brandon or Brandon and Lex have a conversation where they're basically saying like, Hey, you know, just want you guys to know that like, we really like you. Sorry that this is going to have to be one of us going home. Yeah. So they should have just gone off and talked somewhere else. But at the same time, it's just such a habit to not ever leave camp. It's incredibly stupid. It's incredibly stupid to not leave camp, but also you're locked in just like, don't put yourself at risk. Don't talk about it. Yeah, you, what do you have to talk about at this point? You you know what you have to do. Ah! So yeah, Kelly hears. Kelly immediately tells the other two. Like, yeah. It's... That lost it. Brandon oh. fucked over Lindsay. Yeah, I think they already knew anyway with the sign language. Sure, but and that, was, that was the nail in the coffin. It was. I will say... It's interesting how far we've come. And I'm going to segue this into Lindsay has an idea because Lindsay's like, I'm going home. Uh-huh. Or Brandon's going home. I can flip sides. Yes. In just the matter of two seasons, from season one to season three, where the, where the question season one was, are alliances okay? Yeah. And most of America said no to now... Lindsay openly being like, do I stab this person in the back? I, this is where I expect us to be in season one. Mm-hmm. But once I saw where we were at in season one, I was like, oh, it's going to be a while till we get like a true like betrayal blindside for something that isn't egregious. The blindsides that we've seen thus far have either been game related, like they were just out of people to vote for that weren't in their alliance, or... Jerry. I couldn't, I couldn't put up with this person any longer. Exactly. And this is the first consideration of a blindside of a trusted ally to get yourself farther in the game. Yeah. Doesn't happen. Yeah, but in the end, she takes the quote-unquote moral high ground and doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Kept her... <laughs> what did she say? Dignity. I, I'm leaving with pride. Anyway, we're jumping ahead. Yeah. Tribal. Tribal, the pre-tribal talk is nothing. This is just speed through because we have a lot more tribal to get to in this episode. Yep. We have a tie. Tom and Lizzie tie, and Lindsay immediately stands up, and Jeff has to be like, where are you going? Yeah. Sit your ass down. She hadn't even read the last vote yet. Yeah. Or the vote that he just show it was a tie. It wasn't even officially a tie yet. And she's like, alright, I'm out of here. Like, girl, sit down. We gotta we gotta revote. We get we have a formula here. Mm-hmm. I'm Jeff. I tell you when to leave. <laughs> I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> yeah, we get to the tie, Lindsay and Tom tie. And then they have to do their speech. I want this stupid fucking tiebreaker to go away already. <laughs> I I had known because of a comment that somebody says in season, I think it's 42, mm-hmm. where they're talking, somebody's, somebody's going apeshit about the fact that they got a vote, and somebody comments in the confessional that, like, it's not, I think he actually says Africa. He's like, it's not Africa anymore. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter votes, if you get one vote. Exactly. Yeah, your votes, your previous votes don't matter. And I, I was like, okay, well, this, like, surely it wasn't that important. It's been so important. Yeah. Because tribal lines have, up until the tribe swap, have been so drawn in stone. And, like, so many ties. Yeah. It's absurd. I really hope this is the last season, but I think it's probably not with this stupid tiebreaker. 
I will say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tom's hey, don't vote me out speech <laughs> was just, I am Tom. I am who I am. It's what you get. Yeah. Thank you. And Lindsay's was, it was so existential, like, none of this really matters. I could have voted for Brandon to save myself. I thought about it, but I didn't do it. Well, I wouldn't even save herself. I actually made her go home sooner. Correct. Uh, but I, I liked her speech. Yeah. I, I liked that she confessed that. And it looked like Brandon looked devastated. Did he? Or, I don't know, like, mad? He, he, he closed himself off. I guess I can't read what he was actually feeling because mm-hmm. he, he didn't look her direction like the whole rest of the tribal. He didn't really look at anyone else or like he was like turned away from the camera. Sure. So I don't know if he was just trying to, like if he was, he was obviously surprised. I don't know if he was maybe just calculating if it made him really sad that he almost got betrayed. I, I think Probably it, mixed emotions. I think it could have been more that he knows his, his friend and really... His ticket to a million dollars is walking away. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing he can do about it at this point. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, Lindsay goes home. I expect we'll open next episode with Brandon talking about this moment. That's probably true. Yeah. There are a lot of big hugs at this, though. Mm-hmm. They they did. They genuinely liked each other, minus the the lazy factor. Yeah. Yeah. I I and this is where I also say that like. I've come around on the boomers, mm-hmm. but the boomers weren't perfect either. Like Lex and Tom and Kelly are also frustrated with the way this is. Yeah. But they're not being shitty about it. So it's more on the young people than I thought it was. But at the same time, it's just, it's bleach and ammonia. Yeah. Like the, the, two, the two groups should not have been in a tribe together. I agree. But I think if you take Silas out of that situation, it becomes much more tolerable and much more of a, these fucking people. And with Silas in there, you're always on that, you're, that balancing act of, am I going to set this off if I even mention the fact that we haven't done any work today? Maybe. Because the man's insane. He is. I, but I also like, if the, if it had gone the other way and the boomers had been in control, I don't think they would have been gracious either. Sure. So... Yeah, we've hashed that out, but I just think that's I just think that's interesting because you're right; these new tribes have bonded so quickly and so deeply, even if they have even if they haven't like crossed tribal lines on Samburu. Yeah. yeah. Your protagonist of the episode. This one is Lindsay. Uh, okay. She's the one who goes home, but she, you know, her and Brandon. Brandon kind of gets the the co-pilot role of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she tries to get control of her own destiny. It's really the story of her. It's a Greek tragedy, like her trying and failing to keep herself under control and, you know, having a temptation for, for power that wasn't actually there, but she thought it could be. And, you know, deciding to stay on the good and righteous path and, and all of that. It was it's a very interesting arc for her in this episode. Yeah. I'm going to also throw in the B-plot protagonist of Clarence and the chicken. Yes. <laughs> No, the chickens were the B-plot oh. protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think Lindsay does on A Modern Survivor? I actually think better, a lot better. I think that Kim, Lindsay, young Kim, Lindsay yep. and Brandon are almost prototypical modern day Survivor players. 
minus the lazy factor, which who knows what that looks like because they don't have to suffer and die yeah. in Fiji. They're they're constantly thinking about like how do we you know what's the next big play? Lindsay has she has the idea out of nowhere to try to save her own ass to turn on Brandon. I think in a in a more modern game where she could find a hidden immunity idol where she could, you know, try to work out some type of deal uh, where people are more willing to cross tribal lines, I think could do a lot better. Well, you're not going to find out because Lindsay does not come back. That's not surprising. No. Some fun Lindsay trivia from the Survivor Wiki here. Lindsay is the only person to date to attempt to leave tribal council and be ordered to sit back down by Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> That's silly. That's hilarious. The first contestant from Oregon. That's fun. Okay. Some post, post-survivor post world. Uh, Lindsay, I mean, from her Instagram, is, like, leading a mountain biking campaign hmm. for specifically women. Cool. Ladies all ride mountain bike skills, inspiring women to face fears, gain skills, and have fun on mountain bikes, which is kind of cool. Also, the fact that she's like 48 and still doing this. Yeah. That's really impressive. Hasn't raped anyone. Has. So that's good that I we mean, know of. You got a good point here. I can't <laughs> argue with that. Uh, this is where I want to pull back into Josh's email. Uh-huh. Josh points out that Lindsay appears in the Eminem music video without me as herself. What? So it's, it's real brief. Because... This whole music video is all over the place. It's him showing up as Robin from Batman and Robin. It's him being so many things. Go watch this music video if you haven't in a while. But there's a brief hint to Survivor. I'm sorry, I'm turning the the monitor to Jared. Where it's... It's her, and then... Who is this other person? Jenna. Jenna also appears there. From season one? Yeah. Hilarious. And then him, just standing on the log. It's... Yeah. They just appear as themselves in this, doing a fake challenge. For five seconds, and then they're wow. gone. Wow. Really funny. <laughs> oh, also, apparently, her, Kelly... Young Kim and Jesse lived together after the show. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. Like, where? I don't know. I'm guessing LA. That's probably a good a good guess. Hmm. Yeah, and then there's a, a, a whole nother interview that I won't get too into, but I want to acknowledge that I, I did go in there, and thank you, Josh. That, that was good stuff. Any final thoughts? Life is soup and I am fork. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. What kind, what flavor of soup? Tomato. Tomato? Mm. Or sorry, let me... So, <laughs> Shakespearean. Shakespearean knowledge real quick. So, you know, we have iambic pentameter. How do I get from tomato soup to Shakespeare? Anyway. I'm going to let you die on this hill. We, you know... Sh- Iambic pentameter is ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. And that's a line. So you have an unemphasized syllable and then an emphasized syllable. We talk in that more often than we think. For example, tomato. Tomato. Mm-hmm. And if you scan that word incorrectly, it'd be tomato.
So sometimes I'll say tomato because I think it's fun. So sure. I'd be tomato soup. <laughs> okay. Just a reminder that I turned you down for being in a Shakespeare show because I don't know Shakespeare. Oh, yeah, that's true. God, I hate Shakespeare. Okay. I love getting a random text from our fiance that says, I have a new podcast name for you guys, like two psych- two psychos <laughs> talking into a microphone no, or something I wa- like that. I want to make this exactly clear of what this was because I said it while I was editing the podcast. Well, and then I text in the back and said, I take it Steven's editing right now. Correct. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. I called us the ramblings of two psychotic gentlemen. Uh, yes, that's right. Yes. Well, thank you. That's Stefan. That's our next podcast. Stefan and Steven. The ramblings of two psychotic <laughs> gentlemen. Yes. Mm, yes, ghouls. <laughs> Anything you'd like to promote? Yeah, I'd like to promote drinking water. Drink more water. If you think you've drank enough water, you haven't. You're mm. just a houseplant with more complicated emotions. Drink water. Are you saying this to me specifically? Yes, Steven. Okay. Well, because we had a moment here. I had to stop the episode at one point because... Well, to, to poop. That's different. Well, no. My body dehydrates so fast, and I don't know why. It's always been this way. But when I'm dehydrated, my body's like, hey, you know what would be a real good thing to do right now? Diarrhea and shoot out all the rest of your water. Do you have IBS? Possibly. I don't know. It's very specific with dehydration, though. Hmm. Interesting. I know. It's a weird thing. And I, I, if you have answers, if you're a doctor, you want to tell me what this is. You can write Sean. Yeah. But also, it is my fault because I didn't drink a whole lot of water and then I tried to sing tonight and then I tried making up for it and then my body said, ha ha, fuck Why you. Why did you sing tonight? Because I have an audition. Oh. You know about this. I talked to you about this. I'm very forgetful. I got an email. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I don't say anything more. Coming soon, maybe, to a theater near you. Steven will be in Broadway soon. That's not what that is. I'm trying to get a jump on a show that's probably going to hit regional theaters real hard in the next couple years. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I wish to promote... (laughs) How did we end up there? I wish to promote taking naps. I miss Mm. naps. When I was younger, I didn't like taking naps. Me either. I absolutely refuse nap time in kindergarten and i look at young steven and i say how dare you how dare you waste this precious time i have the uncanny ability to fall asleep anywhere mm. i'll be getting up at 5 30 tomorrow probably maybe 5 15 to get in a car to go perform a shakespeare show for high schoolers but i'm not driving so that means the moment i sit in the car i'll do the pleasantries hello kyle how are you doing and i will fall asleep Hello, Kyle. And I will Hello, wake up and be like, I have no idea where we are. And then sometimes I fall asleep on the way back at like 1 p.m. or whatever time we are going back. And sometimes I don't, and I'm like, I don't know where we are or how we got here. What year is it? Where am I? For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What year is it? <laughs>